Hello, everyone. Glad you're with us today. We hope you're doing well. We hope that you're either finding a clear path to the Lord or growing in Him. If you need a little help with either, please feel free to write us by visiting our website at www.thelatterrain.org. We'll continue today looking at the book of Proverbs. As part of our view into chapter 9, we will see more arguments for wisdom and the great benefits that seeking after wisdom brings, along with more arguments and reasons to stay away from the world's seductive ways. No matter how attractive and alluring the ways of the world look at first, their end is destruction and defeat. Sin might make us feel good at the beginning, and it may make us feel somewhat complete or satisfied at first, but in the long run it creates even a bigger void with more confusion. And if we persist in feeding on sin, it will ultimately lead to our own self-destruction. There is an ultimate truth that people need to understand and an irrefutable law, that the wages of sin will always be death. We'll look more into this further ahead. But for now, let's consider something important for prayer. Earlier today, I was talking to someone from Syria, and we were discussing the issues that were occurring in the Middle East and how they could impact us. Although we both were from different places in the world, we both understood a reality that eludes many. That even though certain things seem far away and remote, every single thing that happens somewhere else can have a great impact in our daily lives. Many people ignore the fact that the world is a very interdependent place now because of the weapons that exist and because of a global economy. Destruction can come suddenly on any of us because of something that may seem distant. That's why we should be aware, stay informed, and pray for global incidents that happen elsewhere because everything has a bearing on our lives. We should be aware, vigilantly praying and actively seeking the Lord because we just never know how something that seems so remote could affect us greatly. The Lord told us to watch and pray all the time. So let's do some of that right now, as well as ask for his guidance. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I praise you and I worship you, O Lord. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks as always for your Son, Jesus Christ, and for the salvation that we have through him. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks, O Lord, because of just so many great things that we have through your Son. Lord God, where would we be? What would we be, Lord God, without you, without your Son? Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for your forgiveness. And I pray, Heavenly Father, just for the different things that are happening in different places, Lord God. Heavenly Father, as we look at Iran and even Syria, Lord God, and the, just so many different things happening in so many different places, Lord. Heavenly Father, there, there are storms and earthquakes and Lord God, and wars, and rumors of wars, and hunger, and all of these different things that are happening, Lord. Heavenly Father, help us to, to have our eyes wide open, to be vigilant, to understand that we are getting closer and closer to the end, and that we need to get closer and closer to you, because you are the answer to everything, Lord God. Heavenly Father, help us not to rely on our potential comfort that we have now and, and an apparent sense of security, Lord God. There is no security. There is no safety. There is only safety in you. There's only security in you. There's only, Lord God, salvation in you. 
and Heavenly Father, when all of this goes away, the only thing that is left is you. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that. Help us to be aware of that. Help us to be mindful. Help us to be in prayer, Lord God. Help us to be seeking you on a daily basis, Lord God. Always, all the time, Lord God. Help us, O oh Lord God. I pray now in the name of Jesus that you may, Lord God, guide us to your word, through your Holy Spirit, that you may help us to understand clearly, Lord God, even more clearly, how your word needs to affect our lives, Lord God, how we need to walk in your word, how we need to apply your word to our daily lives. Heavenly Father, help us to walk wisely, to live wisely, Lord God. I give you thanks and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. To continue following along our series on the book of Proverbs, we'll be reading from Proverbs chapter 9. And this is what we read. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her meat. She has mixed her wine. She has also furnished her table. She has sent out her maidens. She cries out from the highest places of the city. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. As for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, Come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Forsake foolishness and live and go in the way of understanding. He who corrects a scoffer gets shame for himself, and he who rebukes a wicked man only harms himself. Do not correct a scoffer, lest he hate you. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For by me your days will be multiplied, and years of life will be added to you. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. And if you scoff, you will bear it alone. A foolish woman is clamorous. She is simple and knows nothing. For she sits at the door of her house, on a seat by the highest places of the city, to call to those who pass by, who go straight on their way. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And as for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, Stolen water is sweet, and bread eaten in secret is pleasant, but he does not know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of hell. I know that much of what is written in the book of Proverbs may seem repetitive, but it's because the Lord through the writer is trying to drive something very important in each of our hearts. The problem that many people have is that they can be dismissive with the counsel of God. God at times repeats and repeats things that are important, but there is this yeah, yeah, yeah kind of action in people. Many times people are like, yes, we have heard this many times. But despite the constant repetition, people don't take God's word to heart. They don't look for his guidance like they should. It seems like it goes in one ear and out the other. How can I say this? Well, if many people did take God's advice seriously, do you think they would continue making the same mistakes over and over again? Do you think many people would continue living a sinful lifestyle if they took God seriously? That's the problem. Many people know what is right and wrong. They know they are doing certain things that don't quite please God, but yet they still go down that path. They still look to fulfill their will as opposed to doing what God is telling us to do. Pride is a very common problem. Let's get something straight here. 
No one is perfect, and I'm the first one to admit that. But let's not use our frailties as an excuse to just dismiss God's wisdom. There's a big difference between sinning, which is something we all do, and you know we have our issues and what have you, and the practice of sin, which is willful and outright disobedience and rebellion towards God. If we call ourselves Christians, at least those of us that profess to have faith in Christ, then we should try as best as possible to follow what Christ teaches through his word. Or else, why even attempt to say we are something when we are not even trying to be something we say we are? Let's not kid ourselves. This is a reason for God's constant repetition, especially in the book of Proverbs, because it is a book of teaching, of instruction, and of warnings. It is a book that teaches us that the world is truly a conditional place. Not because God is a punishing God, but rather because everything we do or don't do has some sort of consequence. Every single action or lack thereof incurs some sort of result. When we look for and apply God's wisdom to our lives, chances are that our lives will turn out a certain way, that what we do will have positive outcomes sooner or later. On the opposite end, if we do what is opposing or opposite to what godly wisdom teaches, then we will have negative results. Maybe not right away, but they will come, and even worse, in eternity. This is something we need to try to keep in mind all of the time, that there is a spiritual world that is far more real and greater than this temporary and insignificant world. By comparison... The world we live in today has very little to offer. The spiritual afterlife is far greater and, of course, everlasting. But if we look at today's passage, we will see that God's wisdom does produce blessing, even while we live in this very temporary world. If we go step by step, we read that wisdom builds a house. Is it talking about a physical house? Not really. It's talking about a spiritual house, an everlasting home. And in this home, wisdom shapes these seven pillars, the supports for this spiritual home. If you understand anything about construction, you know that the whole purpose of having a house is for protection. You see, a house protects us from the cold and from the heat and from storms and from wild animals, intruders and so on. But what good is a house if you cannot have a structure that holds walls and a roof in place. Other than that, you would just have an open platform that doesn't do anyone any good. The roof and walls provide boundaries for safety to those that are inside. A house keeps them safe from the elements, from weather, and from unwanted intruders. This passage talks about wisdom slaughtering her meat, mixing her wine, and furnishing a table. What does this mean? That if we are wise, we will have both our physical, everyday food here and now, as well as our spiritual food, which is something that keeps our spirit running now and forever. Wisdom is necessary for daily survival. The passage continues talking about wisdom sending out her maidens and crying out from the highest places of the city, which means that different people in different places need wisdom's help. Godly wisdom is needed everywhere, and wisdom calls out to the simple, but to those that don't want to continue being simple. And it calls out to those that lack understanding so that they don't lack understanding any longer. 
and wisdom is objectified per se into things that are consumable, which means that wisdom has to come into your life and be a part of you so that it can produce what you need it to produce for you. If God's wisdom doesn't permeate your being like food and drink, then you will never see its benefits. The following verses talk about those people that just don't want to change. The scoffer, for instance, that just don't feel like doing something different with their lives. These are people that are happy or content in their misery and emptiness, as difficult as that is to understand. And the Word teaches us that we should leave alone those people that, quite frankly, don't want to change. Why is that? Well, it's not a question of judging, because we are not here to judge, but rather it is, a, it is truly a practical approach. The practicality behind it is that we should not force anyone to listen. God doesn't even impose himself on anyone. He just invites. We should do the same. Just invite people to God's truth. It's their own responsibility if they want to listen or not. The other practical sense to this is that time is valuable. If a person does not want to listen or is just not interested... Then move along to someone else that may be interested and is ready to listen. Why should someone else lose their opportunity for receiving God's truth? Because the effort is being spent on someone that doesn't care. Is that even fair? Of course not. The Word teaches us there that a wise person will listen, that they will take in God's wisdom, and that they will even become wiser. The same thing with the just person. They will increase in their learning of God. The main thing that determines whether a person will or will not listen is if they fear the Lord, if they have a deep respect for God. That's the only way that wisdom can ever begin to occur in a person's life. Otherwise, it is all just a waste of time and resources. The Word continues declaring that wisdom multiplies your days, both physically and spiritually. And if a person is wise, then they're ultimately doing something that is for their own good. And the opposite is true as well. That if a person scoffs at God's truth, then they will suffer the consequences all on their own. They will cause their own destruction. In the following verses, starting on verse 13, we see again the personification of the world as a foolish and simple woman. It's a woman that just hangs out looking for victims for those people that do not value God's wisdom and instruction. We see how she tries to entice the simple with evil things, with those things that are wrong before the eyes of God. And because of the simplicity of the person, because they don't want to leave their fallen and ignorant state, they can't see clearly that the evil behind the seductress is death and hell. That's the ultimate consequence for following what goes against the will of God. Jesus taught us that there is a wide path and a narrow path. Most people will follow the wide and comfortable path. They will be content enough with the emptiness of their heart, with their own foolishness. They will follow the crowds. But although following Christ is the narrow and more challenging path, because it requires a denying of your sin that lives within our very beings, it is the most beneficial journey because it leads ultimately to eternal life. But this is what most people will do, which is follow the evil desires of their flesh. That's what our society encourages us to do today. 
to just do whatever makes us happy. But no one ever explains that what makes you happy doesn't necessarily fill your heart or even far less guarantee you any eternal security. So, you can try to dull your senses with emotions, with substances, with relationships, with money, with power, with fame, and anything else the world has to offer, but none of that will save your soul. For it is written, For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake, meaning Christ, will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father and his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. So what's the summary to all of this? If you look for God's wisdom, you will receive blessing and good things here and now, but more importantly, later in the not-so-distant future. But if you choose to give in to the world's seduction, to the evil desires of your flesh, then you will die a simple and foolish person, full of regret and emptiness. And what's worse, you will lose your soul in utter and eternal darkness, far away from God and all of the blessings that could have been yours. At the end of the day, it's a choice. It's your choice. You ultimately choose what happens with you. You cannot blame God or even the devil. If you choose for evil, you can only blame yourself. But if you choose for God's wisdom, then you are choosing for things that can only be received through the Lord Jesus Christ. And at the end of the day, Jesus came to give us life and that we may have it more abundantly. So, make a wise decision. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I praise you. I worship you for your love and for your grace, for your goodness, O oh Lord. Lord, because we don't deserve your salvation. We don't deserve your Son dying on the cross for us. That was a gift. And Heavenly Father, it was a gift so that we could have eternal life. So that we could have the opportunity to be able to, to live forever through your Son, Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that your wisdom, your ways, your counsel, your advice is ultimately what is good for us. Help us, O oh Lord, to understand clearly that, that what you explain to us in your word is so that we can live it, Lord God, as best as we can. And Heavenly Father, I give you thanks because this isn't something we have to do on our own strength, but that we can rely on your Holy Spirit and that your Holy Spirit can help us, O oh Lord, to live what you want us to live. But Heavenly Father, help us to understand the value of what you teach us. And help us, O oh Lord, to just take it inside, inside of us, and let it work in us, Lord God. And, and Heavenly Father, help us to, to deal through you with the sin that's still in our lives. Lord, we are not perfect, and we will not be perfect until we see you face to face someday. But Heavenly Father, help us that, 
that we may allow for you to continue to work in our lives, that we may allow to, for you to shape our lives, our hearts, Lord God, that we may be soft in your hands, O Lord. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, help us again to be able to understand the incredible value of your teachings. Help us, O Lord, to treasure them, Lord God. And help us, O Lord, that when we treasure them and we understand them, that we might be able to share them with others, Lord God, that also need your blessing, that also need your salvation, that you need your guidance, O Lord. Heavenly Father, again, I give you thanks for your love. Because all you want to do is just bless our lives. And you want us to be different. You want us to be great, transformed people. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks. I pray for everybody that's listening, Heavenly Father. I pray, Lord God, that you may just touch their hearts. That, Lord God, that you may just bring about that thing that you want to bring about in their lives. Heavenly Father, give them the understanding, the knowledge, the wisdom, Lord God. The, the, Lord God, the faith, the conviction in your truth. That your truth is the truth. And that there is nothing else that is more truer than, the, than your truth. Heavenly Father, that it is not a matter of perspective or, or, or opinion. That your truth is ultimate truth. Help us to understand that clearly, Lord God. I give you thanks and I praise you, O Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Please join us again next time as we continue studying God's Word. And please feel free to write us through our website if you would like more information or just need some prayer. Our web address again is www.thelatterrain.org. The Latter Rain is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. May God bless you.